the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student-athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's a great day throughout Central Florida. It's a great day in Apopka. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter. We're getting our weekend started off just right, officially. We're on the front porch at Porky's Original Barbecue, 256 East Main Street, the heart of downtown Apopka, also known as Highway 441. I have a great show for you today. We'll get right into it. Of course, Joe Ferraro is here. John Perry of the Apopka Chief and Planner is joining us. And Brian King of Orlando Baseball Academy is here as well. A little bit later, we're looking forward to being joined by former Blue Darter quarterback and baseball letterman Dan LaForest via telephone. So, uh, guys, it's um, great to see you. And, um, Brian, what can you tell us about uh, just some things that have happened baseball-wise over the last week or so? Well, you know what, obviously, of course, the uh, the draft uh, two weeks ago was uh, always an exciting time, and we had a local kid do real well in that, uh, Logan Gilbert, um, taken in the uh, with the 14th selection. And um, then uh, one of the uh, one of the former high school blue daughters has had a uh, off to a really good start in the Cal Ripken Summer College Summer League, uh, Jacob Southern. Caught here in 2015, uh, hit eight home runs for Jacksonville University last year, um, playing about 30 games for them, and uh, he's uh, second in the uh, Cal Ripken League in home runs. He just participated in the Cal Ripken League All-Star Game uh, two nights ago. Uh, so you know what? There's some exciting stuff going on for local kids here from Apopka. Thanks for bringing that uh, to our attention, definitely, and that's uh, Brian's great resource for that course with his experience for many years now as founder of the Orlando Baseball Academy which is you keep mentioning is we want to keep emphasizing is now located in Apopka at the CPS Sportsplex and yeah and mentioned also uh, of course Zach Greinke is in the majors and he's having a great another great season as well uh, he's been you know, a true a real veteran now you know in, in the big leagues he has 15 years in the big leagues and you know what he uh, he's still going strong just got selected to his fourth all-star game uh, here this week uh, so I'm excited for Zach and his family um, and uh, hope that he'll get a chance to see some action in the All-Star game. Uh, it's just a de- deserving award for him. You know, and that's, I had to smile. It's, it's great, but it's also a little depressing because I remember when he was a, a ninth grader at a pop kit. <laughs> yeah, fi- Brian, 15 years, really. That, that, that's, that's hard to believe it. <laughs> really, it really that, hard That happened in about a minute and a half. It did. Like. It did. Of he stepped in as a freshman and made a big impact on the program you know, immediately and, and did for four years. Not only as a great pitcher, but as a position player. And, and you know, I guess his career average was around 500. Yeah, and, and he hit 31 career high school home runs in a, in a real ballpark. You know, there's some other guys who have hit more home runs, but most of those guys play in those little bitty high school ballparks. 
He had 31 home runs in a real ballpark, and it's really, really impressive. It's a gift. It is. Well, the thing is, is that that I, I tell people all the time, uh, he forced two of our high, two of his high school teammates to go out and ball, buy ping pong tables because they wanted to beat him in ping pong. He forced guys to go play, <laughs> take golf lessons because guys were trying to beat him in golf. Didn't matter what Zach did, um, Zach was just better than the rest of those guys his age. And uh, it was a competitive group of kids, so uh, they spent a lot of time chasing around things. Whether, like I said, whether it's putt putt golf or uh, tennis or uh, real golf, Zach could do it all. And one of the one of the things that probably not many people realize about Zach is that uh, uh, when Zach was uh, 13 years old, he had won 103 consecutive amateur uh, youth amateur tennis matches uh, and was ranked the number one tennis player in the country, youth tennis player in the country. And uh, he lost his first match to make him. Uh, 103 and one, and put the racket down that day, and never played again. He pretty much could have gone to any sport and be where he is today as an all-star. No doubt, no doubt. It always amazes me when, and there's been one circulating around from his time at the Diamondbacks this year about, hey, you know, stealing bases, getting base hits, and and you know, and I know I understand. <laughs> With the price of these arms that they have, they don't want these guys sliding into second or whatever, you know, and stealing bases because of the potential for hurting, uh, getting hurt. But that's just who Zach is, and, and his athleticism is. And it's always amazes me that these guys pick up these stories like they're the first ones to realize that he's a great athlete. You know, you're exactly right. Every time they run one of those stories, it's like, oh my God, well. He's been doing it in the big leagues now for 15 years and just unbelievable, uh, way above everybody else prior to going to the big leagues. So, Right. Yeah, Zach Greinke, one of many uh, outstanding high-profile professional athletes, um, ball players who came right out of Apopka High School. We're, all, we're proud of all of them. John Perry's joining us. And, John, you know, so I'm looking through the this week's edition of the Apopka Chief Sports page. Uh, two things I'd like to address with you right now. One is... Uh, the Little League, Popka Little League's all-star play is what, apparently done from this summer, yeah, according it, to the headline. And then also right. after that, the uh, girl, the softball, is uh, the 12 through 15 years are, are still playing. Well, no, they're done uh, now, oh, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're done. They're, everybody's done. Softball, baseball, uh, under the Little League banners done. Um, and so they were in the state tournament. That softball team was in the state tournament last weekend. And... Uh, and so uh, there was a team from over Keystone Heights, Tampa area, that, that won that state tournament. Um, so they'll go on and to their next, you know, to the Southeast Regional, uh, but uh, wherever that is. But but anyway, bottom line is is you know, Little League is, is done for the for the summer. Uh, you know, not not certainly not the most successful of of, of seasons for the Apocalypse Little League, but. Still had a team in, in one team in the in the state tournament, which has been I think seven years in a row now that it's been that way. So uh, anyway, bottom line is you know there's there's just so much it's so much different now. I mean it used to be only little league uh, available, and and uh, now there's just so many uh, uh, travel teams, uh, club teams, however you want to describe it. You know people playing baseball, and and a lot more kids get a lot more chances to play ball 
and uh, you know obviously it can get taken to the extreme but but uh, you know when when you've got all these kids participating it's going to dilute it some you know there's no doubt but uh, the, the bottom line is you, the kids are participating and playing and and hopefully having fun while they're doing it we're coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's. We're getting our weekend started off just right. encourage you to come on up and do the same yourself. Listen to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. We're joined by John Perry, the pocket chief and planner. Brian King, founder of the Orlando Baseball Academy and, of course, the former pocket Blue Darter assistant coach in baseball and football. And Joe Faro. And, you know, John, as I was looking through the Apopka Chief, I also noticed uh, a great feature on Coach Rick Darlington, who is on the road this summer, you know, you know as, as, we, as he's talked about on our show, and as you've written about, he, uh, you know, what he, part of what he does over the summer is go around the country uh, teaching clinics on offensive football and the single wing, and, you know, your feature had him, uh, you know, out in Alaska. Can you uh, share with our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, he was in, uh, went to Kodiak High School in Alaska, and, and there's He's got different things that he does. Uh, some of it is are the clinics that are put on by others, where he goes and speaks and and you know has a segment in, in that weekend clinic or whatever it may be. And then, but a lot of these things that he does during the summer, particularly when he doesn't have teaching responsibilities and school's not in, he he. Uh, goes to other high schools, and I don't know, he may have been to some small college, but I know he goes to high schools and, and does what he calls an install where where he teaches the coaches the the single-wing offense and all his nuances and, and his, his take on it. And so um, he, he was out. He got back Sunday, I think it was, from Kodiak, Alaska. And it's, uh, you know, it's at least a two-stop plane flight out there uh maybe three or four uh depending on uh, you know the the route that you take but anyway bottom line is kodiak's on an island so it's it's not even uh you know you definitely have to to take a, a, a horse and buggy and this that and the other probably to get there so puddle jumpers yeah um you know and it was funny uh the, he he had texted me some pictures uh, and so we just, you know i checked with him to make sure it was okay to, to put them in the paper and, and uh, one of them was a picture of uh, the football field and it's a nice artificial turf and I'm sure up in Alaska you pretty much have to have that uh, the growing season's about three and a half minutes I guess up there so uh, <laughs> bottom line is that there was it just had stands on one on the home side didn't have any stands uh, for for fans on the visitor side well but the and there's literally a street and then houses on the other side of the of the fence uh on the football field and there's uh one of the houses has got a looks like a, a second story a balcony i'll say it's a deck and it's literally on the 50 yard line and uh, i did a little googling of kodiak high school football and uh just to make sure that uh i had all my facts in, uh, about it and uh, there was a, a picture of an action shot from a game where Kodiak was playing at home, and a guy was literally sitting on that deck that straddles the 50-yard line with his binoculars. He's in the background of, of the of the action shot. It was just hilarious because the guy can walk out to his to his deck and, and sit on the 50-yard line for the local high school football game. It's a local press box. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it just it just you know I mean. It just goes to show you how the how the game is just you know uh, just 
people do what they can to 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 support it and everything. And they and they've got a, a unique situation because they literally have to take plane flights for every game. So they they fundraise and and try to do all that. It's not like. Uh, you know, it's thirty minute ride down somewhere. So, uh, bottom line is, it's uh, it, you know, a neat situation. And, and Rick is is like me and lo- likes the cool weather. So he was he was able to uh, enjoy some of that up there, even in uh, early July. Interesting feature, friends. We encourage you to check it out in this week's Apopka Chief and Planner Sports page. And. Um, Ryan, we'll get, before we go to break here in just a moment, when we we look forward to join being joined by Dan LaForest in our next segment. And you know, I, I had a conversation with Dan off the air this week, and I told him about our show last week, where you know the three of us kind of reminisced about uh, some memories back in the day, the Chip Gerke football era, a little bit about the Sunny Wise baseball era, and um, so. You know, Dan's going to call in, and he's going to maybe share some of his uh, memories from uh, those two programs and his experience there. So we look forward to that. Before we go to break, I want to, of course, remind everybody that our program is supported by Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find out more at FLADoor.com or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them you're in a Popka Blue Darter. And, uh, Brian, before we go to break for about a minute, anything else you'd like to share here uh, quickly before we go to break? Well, you know, um, the uh, we have three weeks of camp left at CPS Sports Flex right here in Apopka for ages uh, for kids age 5 to 13. Um, we're continuing to grow our camps. Uh, we've, we've had about uh, 20 kids in each camp. Um, we still have a handful of spots for all three weeks that we have coming up. Uh, those camps are run by uh, Kevin Detola, who uh, played about 15 years professionally. And then also in camp is uh, Jordan Hicks, who played shortstop here uh, in 2013 and 2014 for the Blue Darters. And Jake Ratledge, who also played uh, football and baseball for the Blue Darters uh, here, who graduated in 2016 from Popka High School. So we got a lot of good knowledge going on there, a lot of guys with uh, baseball backgrounds that uh, can really help the kids develop their skills. No, that's great. A very impressive group of alumni for many, many years come out of Orlando Baseball Academy. Well, friends, we're going to go to our break here. When we come back, we'll continue to speak with John Perry, the Popka Chief and Planner. We'll talk to Brian King of the Orlando Baseball Academy. We look forward to being joined by Dan LaForest, former Blue Darter quarterback and baseball alumni currently better known now as the retirement coach as president of LaForest Wealth Management. We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. Glad you're joining us. Coming to you live from the front porch at Porky's Original Barbecue. Have a great show for you. We're glad you're joining us. Want to give a shout out to Dr. Patrick St. Germain, DC, and St. Germain Chiropractic and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain, proud to be voted best chiropractor once again. If you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855 when in pain. Joined by John Perry, Joe Ferraro is here, Brian King is joining us, and now we're pleased to be joined on the phone by Dan LaForest, quarterback for Apopka back in the Chip Gerke era and baseball letterman back in the Sonny Wise era, currently president of LaForest Wealth Management. Hello, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, Doing good. We're kind of looking forward to you, as as I kind of talked to you about off the air. 
last week we kind of reminisced a little bit, you know, myself and John and Brian and about some great Blue Darter history and I know you've got some as well and uh, from your time playing for for Chip Gerke back in the late 80s football and playing for Sonny Wise baseball it was great that you were able to come over for the Sonny Wise uh, Sonny Wise night this year uh, at, at uh, Jay Barnes Field but uh, I'll just uh, throw it out to you what is there a specific thing that you would like to share from or, or with people uh, about from back in the day from your era well, I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing was just the camaraderie of, of, of the teammates. You know, playing baseball for Apopka was, was more fun than anything else. I mean, you know, hanging out with a bunch of guys that you actually uh, enjoyed being around every day, especially during the summer. You know, the summer months were always uh, a little bit less stressful uh, playing playing American Legion ball, and Brian and I played together. And, um, you know, it was always a good time as, uh, you know, growing up in Apopka, but Overall, just growing up in a pop and having a city that was completely behind you and excited about both football and baseball season was always fun. And, you know, we've talked, and I'd like to have you talk uh, more about your football experiences during the Chip Gerke era. And But, um, you know, before uh, before you did, I'd love to have you share a little bit more about, about baseball. Who were some of the guys you played with, and you know, what are some of your recollections there about playing for well, Sonny I mean, Wise? Well, I mean, yeah, Coach Wise was, uh, you know, but between him and Coach Gerke, it was always, uh, and it reflected in in, in their uh, in their records and their programs. It was always uh, an intense situation. Um, you know, playing with Brian and Keith Ushery and Tim Moxley and David Brown, John Jackson, Charlie Gates. I mean, these are all guys. Gavin Jones. These are all guys that uh, that you know was was really fun playing around. Um, you know, Popka baseball has always had a, a rich tradition of winning and, and being very competitive, and it's, it's always good to see that that has continued, uh, you know, 30 years later. Well, you know, the thing that strikes me, Dan, is you rattle off that list of names, and, and I don't know, six straight of them, but, but every one of those guys you rattled off played collegiately except for one. That's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, and there's probably another 30, Brian, that we could sit here and spend another 30 minutes naming them off and, and talking about what they did. And, and we did. We had a really good uh, really good group of guys. You know, I remember some of the games that we played against Boone and Colonial, which, you know, the three programs are probably the most dominant in the area back in that time. No doubt. And, friends, we're speaking with Dan LaForest. Or Dan LaForest is joining us on the phone right now, former Blue Darter quarterback and baseball player. We're coming to you live from Porky's. And, you know, Dan, it, you, know, it, you don't really, sometimes, at least speaking for myself, don't really realize that how much things have changed until you stop and start to think about some of the specifics. Of course, um, you know, we had great success under Coach Darlington. But, you know, Chip Gerke really laid a f- phenomenal foundation in his 23 years here and had some outstanding, many, many outstanding teams. Um but as I was thinking, you know, uh, when you say quarterback these days for a Popka, you think of a running quarterback. But you, back in your day, you were a, a passing quarterback. And during your era, we were in the, the spread formation. Why don't you just talk about about that, about the offense you had and your receivers and, um, you know, those kinds of things. Well, I'll tell you, you know, give credit, a lot of credit to Coach Gerke. You know, at, at that time, he was very flexible with designing offenses. They really focused on the talent around uh, around each other. Um, you know, starting out when when I when I was a sophomore, I played uh, on the uh, the undefeated team um, with uh, with Michael Loman and Keith Ushery and 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 uh, you know a number of other guys, and we ran a pro set. But uh, as we as we evolved over the next couple of years, we went to a run and shoot. 
and and really only ran the ball to keep the keep the defensive honest. You know, we went to a four wide receiver spread and put in the motion and, and really kept defenses on their toes. And you've got an interesting story about how you came to play quarterback at Apopka. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, that was kind of uh, interesting, and Brian probably remembers that day. But uh, yeah, I was an offensive lineman, obviously. You know, I was a, I was a, a, a bigger kid um, in junior high in Pop Warner, and uh, one day we were getting ready. You know, we were one of the excited sophomores, finally getting to be part of a Popka football, and. Uh, we were actually messing around one morning. It had rained that morning, and somebody left a football out on the field. And uh, me and a bunch of guys started chucking this just waterlogged football around, and all of a sudden, Bob Brewer came and grabbed me and dragged me into Chip's office and goes, Chip, we got the next quarterback. So uh, I don't know if that was a good decision, but uh, <laughs> it evolved the next two years of my life at Apopka and, uh, and ultimately uh, giving me the opportunity to play at uh, East Tennessee State. Brian, you remember that? I, I do remember that. It was a rain-soaked day, uh, typical summer day, and uh, uh, there's uh, a thousand guys out there running around in shorts and t-shirts, uh, waiting for uh, coaching staff to come out, and um, uh, then we'd all get squared away and straightened up, and act like we had never done anything wrong in our lives uh, when uh, when Bob grabbed uh, Danny that day. And um, you know. Uh, Dan, I know one thing I'd love to have you share is there was a very dramatic uh, playoff game, and that was you know a different playoff structure back in those days, and there was a tie for the district, which led to some kind of a you know bizarre <laughs> type of playoff uh, situation, and I'm sure there's a name for it. But why don't you pick it up there and, and talk talk to us about that? Well, I think, I think it was Apopka Winter Park in Lake Howell, if I'm not mistaken, uh, ended up tied for the district yeah, and had to have that playoff. Exactly. The 86 season, uh, we ended up uh, uh, having a three-way tie in the district. Um, like you said, it was Lake Howell, Winter Park, and Apopka. And um, they had what was called the Kansas City tiebreaker, where each team got the ball in the 20, and they had uh, a series to score. And um, Winter Park, we actually got uh, deferred, which, uh, you know, the luck of the, the football gods. And Winter Park and, and Lake Howell played first, and uh, Lake Howell actually had a very good defense that season. We had uh, previously uh, beaten, in fact, the way this happened was we beat Lake Howell, Lake Howell went to beat Winter Park, and and, uh, and Winter Park had beat us that season. But um, we had uh, we had gone into that game with, with a very simple game plan, and uh, ironically, how it played out was uh, one for the storybooks, but... Um, we started working on a fade pass with uh, one of our defensive ends, who was a, a basketball player at, at Apopka, Robert Hardwick. And uh, we just started lofting the ball in, into the end zone and letting him go up and catch it because, you know, he was six foot eight, and Lake Howell's biggest defensive back was maybe five foot ten. But uh, we, uh, Lake Howell, got the ball first, and, uh, you know, they, they, well, they had beaten Winter Park six to three. And then Lake Howell got the ball first, and um, they had kicked a field goal. And uh, we had the ball in the 20 and, and gotten down to the uh, eight-yard line. And uh, it was uh, it was third and goal. And uh, Coach Gerke sent Hardwick in. And uh, it, we knew what play it was. And, and Lake Howell somehow did not get a timeout, a timeout off because uh, their, their defensive back was about five foot nine. 
And uh, I just laid up in the corner of the end zone, and Robert came down with it. We won the district. Very dramatic fashion and uh, captured for posterity by, uh, I believe, the Channel 9 as well. And um, well, that's a great – thanks for sharing that great, uh, very dramatic memory. Uh, John, were you covering that game? Yeah, and I remember Lake Hal, but I, honestly I don't remember a lot of details because – you know all those games and my my advanced age now and the gray hairs I'll blame it on but but uh, you know I do remember I think that was the last uh, tiebreaker playoff that Apopka was involved in uh, if I'm not mistaken was was that year that season there may have been one since but but I don't think so I don't think so either and Marquette Smith was on that Lake Howell team yeah they, they uh, he he scored the touchdown to beat Winter Park uh, from about six or seven yards out. Um, and then we bottled him up pretty good in their one possession. Uh, I think he got the ball on all three three carries in that series, if I remember correctly. Well, I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> the guy as good as he was. Well, well Brian, you had a recollection off the air uh, about Dan. Why don't you share that with us? Dan, I, I was just telling him I didn't know whether you admit to um, – uh, it was probably the second or third game of the year. I don't even remember where it was at, but it was on the road. Um, and uh, Coach Gerke had probably done some, some made some changes down there at the goal line. And on back-to-back plays, Dave Brown had to remind you to get up underneath him instead of the left guard. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and it's ironic how many times that happens when you're here at the moment to walk up line of scrimmage. And I've seen other quarterbacks do it, so at least I have good company there. Absolutely. And then John had a memory too, and and I, you know, mine may or may not be accurate. I, I got to thinking, it may have been when he mentioned Keith Usher. It may have been Keith. Dan, were you part of the team that beat the land sixty-three to seven? No, I think that was you. That was Sam. That, that, okay, that may have been Ushery then who did. It was, it. I, I, I think I, it was Dan. Yeah, too. yeah, and and when Chip made him take it because the popcat, popcat did everything right that night, and uh, and and. Uh, and, and so it was. It was Ushery, I guess, who he may take a knee on the. Popka got down to about the, la, the in the final minute. Got down to like the two, three yard line, and um, Chip made him take at least one knee, if not two, instead of putting another touchdown on the board. So, uh, I, yeah, I got to thinking it may have been Keith, and I, I guess it was. Well, now that you say that, then I think that would have been the same night though that Deland didn't enter the ballpark. So that Deland didn't enter the ballpark till seven thirty one when they came down the steps of the. Was that the same night? I don't know. I, Maybe that I, was after that. I, I remember West Orange doing it the first year Chip was at. at the, okay, And good. that was back when games started at 8 o'clock. And I remember Roger's dad, Mr. Williams, was out in the middle of the field just livid. and, and um, Had a little conversation with their coach. Yeah. And, <laughs> right and in the middle of the they, field. <laughs> they, they got off. West Orange got off the bus. This was 19, fall of 1979. Uh, or was it 78? 78. 78. And... and uh, West Orange literally got off the bus at maybe seven fifty-five. Wow! Uh, and but they were fully dressed and ready to go and ready to play. But it was, and and they they jumped up nineteen to nothing on a pop. It, it had an effect. Yeah, yeah short term. And then, it, it, and then uh, Chris Murray, who's a, a name of a blast from the past, who's a great wrestler, uh, finished second in wrestling. I think it was in the state that year, second or third, and. Uh, he scored a touchdown. He was a fullback uh, on offense and a linebacker on defense, and he scored a touchdown with just a few minutes left in the game and, and held up for a 21-19 victory uh, in Chip's first season. Well, well Dan, it's funny. You know what? You talk about uh, your uh, 
season of 86 and after that playoff victory. The thing I remember the most about that season is you guys go to Merritt Island and um, Merritt Island, after the National Anthem, had a guy lead us in prayer and finish the prayer with, and God, please let the Mustangs win tonight. And I thought, man, they're in good shape tonight. No way Merritt Island can win after the guy asked for a victory. But it didn't quite work out for us. Of course, yeah, at Merritt Island, too. Vero Beach. Beach. Oh, that, yeah, Vero Beach. No, that, the Vero was down there. Yeah, and the Merritt Island was, was, uh, was here. And uh, coached, here, yeah. of course, at, at that point by Gerald Odom, who played for Apopka back in the early 60s, I guess it was, maybe late 50s. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, the, the Vero was that, – that, that was a different kind of setting. That, that, that one opened my eyes to – some some other areas that are really rabid for foot, for high school football. No, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, that that yeah, was an that, environment that was extremely volatile to say the least. And and Apopka, yep. we we just never could get any momentum. I mean, there was some mistakes made uh, early on and uh, some injuries. So you know that was uh, that that was uh, that was a horrible end to a season. But you know that kept the playoff streak to uh, I believe that was what five or six years straight that we made the playoffs. At that point, and and that was the day when only the district champ went champ, yep. uh, to the playoffs, and and so uh, yeah, it's a uh, and and of course they ex- have expanded it and whatnot and changed it around completely now. But uh, but anyway, it's uh, yeah, I remember that that uh, being a, a, a really unusual environment, and it's not unusual, but it was just a you know a, probably what some other teams have experienced coming to a Popkin playoff games, uh, you know. A lot of great uh, memories. We're going to go to our next break. Dan, you're welcome to stick with us if you can. I know you're busy. And we'll continue to be joined by John Perry, Brian King, Joe Ferraro, and Hollis Kendall is joining us as well. We'll hear from him of Southern Safety Services. We'll be right back on Blue Daughter Sports Central. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Daughter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. Great to have you joining us today. We're getting our weekend started off just right. We're on the front porch at Porky's, 256 East Main Street in the heart of downtown Apopka, also known as Highway 441. Got a great crew joining us. We're talking about uh, some contemporary things happening this summer with Apopka area sports, but also reminiscing a little bit too. John Perry of the Apopka Chief and Planners joining us. Brian King, founder of Orlando Baseball Academy, is here. And it was great to hear from Dan LaForest, uh, sharing some great memories during his era, back to Chip Gerke era. And we're also pleased to be joined by Hollis Kendall, founder of Southern Safety Services. Hollis, thank you for joining us. Good morning. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. And I want to let everybody know that you know, Hollis is you know, a lot of great, interesting people in Apopka. Hollis is one of them. And I want to let you know that if you, and I would encourage you actually to pursue, look at pursuing getting a concealed weapons permit. And if you're thinking about that, Southern Safety Services is the best place to get the in-depth, hands-on training in handgun safety to get certified for your concealed weapons permit. In fact, um, speaking of Porky's, they're located literally uh, just south of Porky's, right about one block off of Highway 441 in the heart of Apopka. We make it very easy to find us. Just come to Porky's and look out back. That's where we're at. 
and, uh, and you can find them at their website, uh, which is SSSFL.com. That's SSS, which stands, of course, for Southern Safety Services. And you can find out more about the great work they do at Southern Safety Services, preparing people to get qualified for their concealed weapons permit. And, um, Brian, uh, as you're looking at the, the baseball season, you know, who were some of the other guys? Are, you know, feel free to share with some other of your alumni from Orlando Baseball Academy that have gone on and had success. And I there, there, there are a lot of them, so, but uh, maybe, maybe a, f- a few that you can think of. Absolutely. Of well, you know what? Uh, the, um, the most successful this past year was um, 2014 a popular grad, Jeffrey Chrisan. Chrisan uh, led all Atlantic Sun Conference catchers uh, in uh, batting average, which was 300 at Lipscomb University. Uh, he was in the top five of all the Atlantic Sun Conference catchers in home runs with uh, seven. He had five consecutive to finish the year, including three consecutive in the uh, conference tournament. Uh, he had over 40 RBIs. We were really hoping Jeffrey would get a chance to get drafted. He didn't, and so we're still hoping that we can pursue some uh, free agent options there. Um, Jacob Southern caught about 30 games at Jacksonville and had a good year, like I said, with uh, eight home runs. Um, Mount Dora Bible and Christian, uh, Tevin Simonette, uh, had a solid year at Lipscomb. Uh, Jordan Hicks, 2014 Apopka High grad, um, was a shortstop at Embry-Riddle and played very solid for them. Uh, Jake Ratledge, uh, 2016 Apopka football and baseball alumni, played on the... um, NAI Warner University team that did not go to the NAI World Series but went to the National Christian College Championships in South Carolina and got beat in the finals, um, which was was a, quite a ride. Um, from uh, Claremont area and Eastridge High School, Carter Varga uh, finished his senior year pitching at Mercer. Uh, then we had... Uh, Two guys at Upstate that were uh, one of them. Uh, one of them's uncle, uh, Brad Vanderweide, uh, played at Apopka High School in the uh, 1900 and uh, 1990s. Um, he uh, he and uh, Sean Hupp from Ovita pitched at uh, South Carolina Upstate. Um, so there were a lot of local kids who had a very, very good college year. Uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing a few of them with us. And uh, I just one thing I was thinking as you were talking about uh, Jeffrey Cruzan and uh, Jacob Southern, you, we, we've really, uh, really Coach Lasseter and his staff did a great job of developing catchers when he was here. I mean, we uh, we were blessed with an abundance of outstanding uh, talent uh, at the catching position. I, I remember when when Cruzan was a freshman, he was. Pressed, literally pressed into uh, as a freshman to be the starting catcher for Popka because of an injury, and uh, Chuck Shaw. That was the year Chuck Shaw was here, if I remember correctly, yep. as a Popka baseball coach, and uh, and and Chrisan literally threw lollipops down to second base as a freshman, and just it was a physical thing as much as anything, but. The improvement he made from ninth to tenth grade was amazing. But by the time he left the Popka, dude could, could I mean, he went to Lipscomb, which is a good mid-major program, and and you know, uh, he was just as solid with the bat and and on defense. But that arm to to throw it down to second, he was you know you didn't in high school, there weren't many kids who could could 
steal steal a base on Jeff. And if it, if it was, it was maybe because of a, the pitcher as opposed to the catcher there. You, you know what, Chrisan, Southern, Jordan Hicks, um, th- those three guys from Apopka. I'll say this now, and and if you want to learn how to work at it and get better at your trade, those were the guys. They they came into our facility every night for seven and a half years. Before practice, after practice, if they had a day game, they would show up there at night. They were hungry, and John's right. Chrisanne, when when he started as a, as a freshman, he and his mom were so worried about, you know, could he hit? I said, listen, big boy, all I want you to do for Coach Shaw is keep that ball from going to the backstop. Don't worry about anything else, man. Don't worry about how many hits you get, how many people you throw out, because just like John said, you know what, freshman just – are hard pressed to play at that level, uh, and uh, he wasn't quite ready. Um, but his last two years, he he's as uh, you know what I never really got to see Keith Fisher catch much because uh, he was a little bit ahead of me. I knew who he was, and I watched him, but I didn't understand then. But uh, you know what we've we've had some other really really fine catchers, Jimmy Joe Ro- uh, Jimmy Joe Robinson, I mean Jimmy Joe Martin, uh, Rustin Robinson, David Brown, Sidney Loman. Um, I would put Chrisan right there in that in that list of Fishers, Browns, Lomans, um, Rustin Robinsons as as anybody. And Southern too. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing I remember we were broadcasting the games at that time and I was incredibly impressed with Chrisan. You know, everything, his uh, receiving ability, his hitting of course, power hitting and even his arm, which is not only strong but super accurate. And I was remember thinking, well, I mean, how are we ever going to place a guy like that? And then Southern came along, and he was an outstanding catcher too. So, and um, so it's really great to have that long string of of, of excellent catchers. Absolutely, I, I remember thinking the same thing. It's like there's no way you're going to be able to keep up the level. And and you know, but, but Jacob did a great great job, and and uh, you know, it it uh, the the performance uh, and leadership from that from that position because. Chrisan was by the time he was out of here, he was he was a great leader, and and Jacob Southern came along and did the same type of thing. And what, what, Ortero was the catcher this year. Oh yeah, yeah from and, time. And, I mean, yeah, and he, was, he, he, was, he was a heck of a. He had a good great season himself. I mean, Austin you know, Reed caught some as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but uh, yeah, it was uh, depending on who's pitching, who's playing, where, and DHing, and all that type of thing. What well, we. Let's go back to Hollis Kendall. Hollis is joining us from Southern Safety Services, which is right about uh, you know, a few steps away from Porky's, just uh, south of Porky's. And before we go to break, Hollis, can you share with us, you know, I know you've got a tremendous commitment to safety, and just share with us why you know, it's, uh, safety is important, uh, especially you know, for either people that are, that are novice handgun owners and shooters and even for the experienced shooter. Well, it's just it's just so easy to make a mistake. I mean, there's uh, there's circumstances where uh, a person, even though they're experienced or whatever, can think the gun is empty or whatever, and and it's not. And that's one of the main things we talk about. There is no such thing as an empty gun. All guns are loaded at all times under all circumstances. Um, but there's a, a tremendous amount of people six foot underground that somebody thought the gun was empty and uh, it's a fatal mistake so it's so critical that every single time you handle a firearm that you follow all precautions they're very easy you know it has some very very simple rules Uh, keep the gun pointed a safe direction keep your finger off the trigger 
keep the gun unloaded or ready to use and uh, just know what you're doing. It's pretty simple. And before we go to break, um, you also have, you can speak very eloquently to uh, the fact that, you know, and this is something I think a lot of people don't really think about, is what, if you are in a situation where you have to use your gun, fire your gun to, uh, in a matter of personal safety or self-defense, you're responsible for where all of those bullets go, and not everyone always hits the target. Well, this is true, uh, because even uh, even law enforcement under uh uh, terrific situations. Uh, they they get into a situation where only two or three uh, out of seven or eight shots actually hit their target. Uh, I just read in the paper yesterday or the day before actually of, of a shooting in one of the neighborhoods and uh, a gentleman about four houses down found a, a shot in his garage from one of the deputies who was shooting at the suspect. So uh, even the most well-trained people don't hit their target every single time so it's definitely something to think about and these are all the kinds of things that you can um, learn and prepare for at southern safety services and you can find out more at sssfl.com and of course as i said uh, for um, they're conveniently located just one block south of highway 441 literally right right behind porky's well, friends, we're going to go to our next break here in uh, just a few uh, in a seconds. Before we do, I want to remind you that our program is supported by um, Florida Door Solutions as they support all the programs on our station. But I also want to remind you about a FOPCA football broadcast once again on 1520 WBCW. We'll, of course, be going on the road to Daytona Mainland on the 17th to broadcast the, uh, the preseason game. And then the home, the home, you know, the season opener is against Okoy the very next week. You can hear all of the, all the action on Blue Daughter Football once again on 1520 WBZW. And I want to mention our sponsors. We've got some great new ones as well. But of course, Porky's Barbecue, Florida Door Solutions, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, and also our new sponsors, Rosati's Pizza Pub and Hunt Club. Batiste Orthodontics and our brand new one, Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair, owned by Blue, former Blue Daughter baseball player Mike Martin. So be sure to catch us on Apopka Blue Daughter Football every Friday night starting August 17th. We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. We're getting our weekend started off just right. We're on the front porch at Porky's, 256 East Main Street in the heart of downtown Apopka. We're joined by John Perry, the Apopka Chief and Planner, Brian King, founder of Orlando Baseball Academy and former Blue Darter assistant football and baseball coach. Hollis Kendall of Southern Safety Services is joining us, and Joe's here as well. So we've got a great crew, and glad that you're joining us today. And uh, why don't we, in our last segment, I mentioned uh, football season's not too far away now. And, um, John, what are, what are your thoughts you know, coming out of spring? What, what were your thoughts on uh, the way the spring practice went for a pocket? Well, I, overall, went went fine. I, I thought, uh, you know, they certainly performed very well in the in the spring jamboree, scoring 77 points against in, in four quarters of action, two quarters against uh, Deltona Pine Ridge, and two against Orange City University. Um and so, uh, you know, gave up I think what twenty one points uh, in those in that those four quarters of action. So, uh, bottom line is, uh, you know, they've they've found what they want on offensive line, and uh, 
you know, they, they've been, of course, having workouts through uh, the summer, the, the conditioning drills and whatnot, and, and they were in a seven-on-seven league for a little while, for a few weeks. Um, that's done now. And then, uh, of course, let's see, what's uh, in a week and a half, uh, they'll, they'll go to FCA camp way up in Mariana because of all the issues, uh, not being at Stetson anymore. Or in the land anymore. So, bottom line is, uh, then the next week, the July thirtieth, is the day first day of, of fall football practice, and, and of course the first five practices have to be uh, non-contact, and uh, and then the next week, uh, first Monday in August starts uh, the the real hitting, and then as you said earlier, on August seventeenth, Popco travel to Daytona to play Mainland High School in in a. Uh, the preseason game, uh, and then host Okoye on the 24th. So, you know, and then on the 31st, we'll travel up to Bartram Trail up in St. John's County. So, even though the first game doesn't count on the record, there'll still be three games played before September ever gets here. It's still hard to get used to that. You remember back in the day, starting about the middle of September, but that's the way it is now. And uh, makes for it was already hot during preseason practice, and now yeah, it's yeah. Really it's just hot. a longer hot, you know. And I mean, with with then they've got to do it with five playoff games uh for for the bigger uh classifications and and uh you know so you back it up you give five if you have five playoff games and an open date uh you know that's and then 10 games that's uh, 16 weeks right there uh that uh, you know a full four months uh and so anyway bottom line is it's yeah it's now stretched into july and uh for for preseason uh, for the practice time and uh you know, but uh, I think, you know, football here at Apopka High School is going to continue to be good, and uh, this year won't be any exception. Uh, you know, you've got uh, some other teams in the area, obviously, notab- most notably Wakaiva is going to be outstanding, uh, especially defensively. Uh, and so we'll see how all that goes, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised as if we see again where Wakaiva and Apopka are the two teams to, to come out of that district uh and, of course, only one is for sure now guaranteed to saw the district winner. But uh, bottom line is uh, some good high school football around here, that's for sure. Yeah, which makes it even more interesting. And that's a great point. You know, some of the best high school football in the country, literally right here, teams on our schedule, games that will be played at Roger Williams Field, games that will be played on the road at yeah, teams we're playing. So that's one of the many reasons I'm excited about Apopka football. We'll, be, uh, we'll have the opportunity to watch one of the top best high school programs in the country and playing some other of the best high school programs in the country. And I'd say certainly one of the most exciting teams in the country, if not the most, with the Coach Darlington's innovative approach, and especially on offense. And, uh, Brian, as you uh, look around, who were some of the teams out there uh, that, that look good, you know, that, that would challenge, you know, to... Well, you know, I, I think Dr. Champions. But besides the two Apopka schools, I think you always got to include Dr. Phillips. Uh, they have a great mix of, of uh, cultures to play uh, high school football. Uh, they have really good, yep. Yeah, uh, and they have an outstanding staff there as well. Um, you support your former coach over there? Ab- absolutely. Uh, the, those the, the three, uh, their top three guys were, were played football there when I was there those two years. Uh, and they do an outstanding job. Um, you know, uh, I, I was impressed to see in the in the uh, spring jamboree or spring practice game uh, them hammer away at uh, uh, Orange City, uh, University of Orange City, because the last two or three years 
they've been really athletic and been really good over on that side. Um, again, right on their own schedule, uh, having Lakeland, having Daytona, who Daytona beats Mainland, which will be athletic kids. Um, and again, you kind of look up and down their schedule. Um, and, and it's part of the, the preparing for the, for the playoff stuff is, uh, almost everybody they play have really athletic kids. And you know what? When you're, when you're even athletically or cl- very similar athletically, uh, you know what? It puts all the work, all the end results on your preparation and your effort leading up to it. And, and that's really what, what it should come down to uh, when good teams play. And uh, that's why I feel confident that we'll have another good year, though, because I, I do think Apopka's staff is as good of any at, in the preparation and getting the kids uh, motivated to play. And while we've got you here, Brian, and take, take advantage of this resource. Now, was the the head coach? I, I know he he played for uh, when when Chip Gerke was a defensive coordinator. Over there was was he there when you were there? Rodney Rodney did play there uh, in ninety uh, five and ninety six. Rodney 96. Wells. Rodney uh, Wells. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a uh, he was an Apopka kind of kid. He was aggressive and physical and competitive. Uh, and again, you can tell by the way their staff put together and the way they're coached that they compete in practice. And that was Rodney. Uh, Rodney was a great boy uh, until the lights came on. And then when the lights came on, it was no all, all deals were off. He was competing to win. And you can tell that's uh, that's exactly what he and his staff uh, have carried over from his playing days because uh, they, they get after you. Yeah, I enjoy watching those two, Popka and, and DP, play just, just from a fan standpoint. Just, classic games. Yeah, just, just good, hard, great football and uh, – you know that the, each team's going to be prepared, and, and sometimes it's just a break, a big play. Uh, sometimes, once in a while, things break down on on one side and not the other, and, and it makes a you know one play can make a difference. In right a game down like to the that. last seconds. Very much. In, in fact, uh, just just an example of that was was uh, we beat them last year uh, during the regular season, and they wound up as as uh, state champions. So. Yeah, they they lost uh, two games in in just a few days to Wakiva and Apopka. And ran the table after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and you know what? That was that screwy part of the schedule with the rainouts right, and all the hurricane you know stuff. Yeah. You just really, man, that puts everybody in a predicament playing like they did. But anyway, a lot of great, exciting things on the horizon for Apopka Blue Garter Athletics and specifically football. And I'll remind you as we close out once again, you can hear all the action once again on 1520 WBCW, Apopka's hometown station. Well, Hollis, thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing me. John. Appreciate it, Roger. Thanks. Brian King and Joe. And uh, that'll do it for the show. Come on up and join us at Porky's. 10, 9, 8, 6, commercial. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Liftoff. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.